It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with someone that I have been a fan of for a long, long, long time, Laura Keitlinger. Hi. Hello and welcome. And right back at you, by the way. I've, I've, I've been listening to your show and it's great. It's exciting to meet you in person because actually we kind of, sort of a little bit, go very far back because we used to communicate well so i used to do my show on Ustream, Mm -hmm. and you watched it a few times and commented Uh and i was a fan back then and i was like oh my god laura keitlinger is in the comment section or in the chat room what's going on and then i my memory is that we communicated on facebook a little bit i probably hunted you down on facebook but then you left facebook does that sound right well well, someone was uh i had a, a i guess what would you call it a stalker yeah or no an impersonator that was on facebook is me and that was kind of scary and then i got off of facebook is that so the person just, i was talking to probably <laughs> really I could very well be i mean i, I want to i remember this friend said uh i can't believe um that you're up and doing this and you've got you know i don't know 60 somethings whatever and i said i'm not on there i'm not on facebook and then uh this person somehow uh had photos of my cats and everything and i never found out who it was so you were you never on facebook uh-uh. were you in the Ustream chat room i was could very you? well bet you know uh, yeah there was uh you know what I, i'm not supposed to be here allison i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know what can any i talk of this to is. that can i talk to the person that was impersonating you yes that-, that would make more sense <laughs> i'm not very outgoing um <laughs> But you stream, wasn't that the comedy thing? Is that something like the, what am I thinking of? When we were all in those little trailers in the middle of nowhere? That's that, something else. That's something else. That okay. was not you stream. What, what, oh, but I feel like I, I feel like given enough time, I'll be able to say what that was too. But no, you stream was um, an interactive video streaming. So people mm-hmm. could like, like I did this it was a version of this show out of my living room in Brooklyn. Oh, Joe okay. Rogan was on it too. And then, so you would just broadcast whatever you wanted. And then there was a chat room that would accompany it. And you could, look in, you could see the chat room as you were broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that. It oh my God. It was, well. your, it was probably your impersonator. Uh-huh. Well, this is a real letdown. I am so sorry. That, that person and I talked about red eye. Does that ring a bell ever? Nope. Greg Gutfeld. Wow. Um, I like him a lot, but that, uh, well, I, the, uh, the other, the other, you didn't. Uh, oh, <laughs> weird. I don't think the other one did. Both my mother and I are big fans of Greg's. We think he's it. Greg. It's Greg Gutfeld. Yes. It? Yeah. But, I'm yeah. pretty sure the other one <laughs> wasn't, well, this is, I'm just, well, to would you like, Allison, would you like me to leave? <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to be the one that I had talked to before. I want to, you know what? It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. And you want to tell the truth. And yes. I like that a lot. Okay, thank you. I feel, well, it's still very exciting to have you here. Oh, I appreciate I'm it. I'm still just the same level of fan. Okay. But yeah, so from where I sat, I was like, 
that's so crazy. Like we were almost pen pals way back. When, I mean, pen pals is the wrong word, but like we communicated way back when, and then I, we lost touch. And then for a long time, I've been like, I got to find her and get her on the show. And it turns out I did. <laughs> <laughs> you found the real me. Yeah. I found the real you. Um, okay. So when you came in, mm-hmm. there was an attractive gentleman with you. Yes. Who was no longer here because he had to go feed some animals. Right. But you introduced him as your soon to be husband. Mm hmm. So that means you are engaged. Yes. Tell me everything. Wow. Um, he, it's so f- funny. Uh, he asked me in the living room because I'm such a control f- freak. He was, we, I was about to do a show in San Francisco. And uh, he said, and I said, because I, I ordered it or I picked out my own uh, ring ring on, on eBay where, where I shop for everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think that would be a good one. He goes, okay. And he said, okay. And so then it, I was waiting by the mailbox for it. And then I finally arrived and he didn't tell me cause he wanted to surprise me and, um, you know, ask me in San Francisco. And I said, well, where is it? And he said, well, I, I thought I'd ask it. We'd go out and, while we're in San Francisco. And I said, I don't care about San Francisco. Let's do it in the living room where I'm comfortable. And so <laughs> he just asked me in the living room. And so that was it. Well, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a control freak? Mm-hmm. I am too. Do you ever find, and please don't think there's judgment in this because there's just me relating to this. Do you ever find that being a control freak goes at like cross purposes with someone's romantic intentions? 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way too because I also wanted to choose my ring. So um, I... But I didn't actually know when the proposal was happening. Mm-hmm. But like a few months before, I kind of announced that if it were, I would be interested in choosing my own ring. And I don't know. I, I still feel like I wish I could have been one of those women who would who wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. But I just can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't be that woman. And then what would you do if you were disappointed with the choice he made and in the ring? Or would you have acted excited or say, oh, maybe, you know, that's great. And would you think of some excuse to maybe change it or, or something? Or would you? I'm such a bad liar mm-hmm. and I have a bad poker face that I think he would have known Me too. right away. Mm-hmm. So best to just handle these things ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, have you been married before? I've been engaged two other times. Okay. When are you? Do you know when you're getting married? No. In fact, I'm not even planning on it. <laughs> I'm a bit of a pessimist. I, I was saying, you know, I think, you know, we'll just, we'll keep it small. It'll just be, you know, uh, it'll probably be a, a double suicide, just the two of us. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I, we haven't gotten to that even, we haven't really discussed it. Right. How'd you guys meet? In a bar uh, at the Rustic. It's pretty much where I meet everyone. But because when you think of it, since I'm a comic, I met someone at work, basically, because I'm always in clubs and bars, so. Anyone, I, I actually can't remember anyone uh, that I didn't meet in a bar that I've gone out with for a long time. So I'm just going to ask like one more question about mm-hmm. this. Then we're moving on to career stuff and other stuff. But how, like, how did you actually meet? Did he approach you? Did you approach him? And also, how did you know he was the one? Two questions. Um, uh, he his friend is, was a comic at um, at the Portland. Uh, was, we were at the Portland Comedy Fest, and his friend Doug Mellard uh, was at the Rustic with my fiance Garrett Sutton. Uh, 
and you know, uh, Doug just said, Hey, Laura. And I, you know, and I said, hi. And I was with my, I was with, uh, my friend Jan and we were just, we just were in to get a quick drink. And, and I think this is kind of funny. So we, we got, we we're kind of, you know, awkwardly chatting at the bar and, and, um, Jan and I took our drinks and, and just to be, I don't know, polite, I said, Oh, so we're, you know, we're going to go sit down at the, um, you know, in the booth if you'd like to join us. And I never thought they'd join us. Because when you when you say that, do you expect somebody to join you? Not you really. Go, yeah, it's just like a polite way of being like, "Okay, nice meeting you." Bye. Yeah, and I've got to get this drink down my throat. <laughs> so, so we sat down, and then they sat down like two minutes later, and I, I was, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and anyway, uh, Garrett teases me about that. That oh, so you didn't ever really invite us? You didn't sincerely invite us? So. <laughs> no, I didn't sincerely. And you know, so. But clearly you like him. Right. So clearly it seems to be working out. Right. right. <laughs> um, okay. So I was listening to you on WTF, which was, that was like five years ago. Gosh, was it that long ago I already? Think, I think it came in. Were you on more than once? No. Okay. Then I. No, Mark Marin has big timed me now. Oh, doesn't really? Doesn't answer my calls. Doesn't answer my emails. He's given me the, yeah, he's big timed me. Yeah. Just so like it once. seemed like Louis C.K. was doing to the two of you on that episode. Right, right. <laughs> um, wow, really? He's big time in you? Oh, I don't know. It's probably just, I was going to, what am I doing making excuses for the guy? I'm like, I, he, I was going to say he's probably just busy. <laughs> so anyway, it was 2011. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but anyway, you said that you love confrontation. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious about that because I fear confrontation. I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly. Well, I, I'm, if it's possible, I'm, uh, I'm very confrontational, but also passive aggressive. So it's, uh, it's always just a bad, it's just bad. It's just, you know, sometimes you think, well, if something's bothering me, I'll just say it and get it over with. But I still do it in a bad, like, you know, passive aggressive way. Well, the story that this came off of was that you were... I think returning a jacket to an ex and you sewed a little bit of dog poop in the sleeve. Oh, that thing. Yeah, cause, and I right. was thinking that actually, it's interesting for someone confrontational, that's a really passive aggressive but creative thing to do. You're right. But you also love confrontation. Right. And yeah, and that was, you, but I mean, but how, Allison, how would I have done that other than say, you know, you've really hurt my feelings. I mean, I could have done, if I would, if I was confrontation, confrontational, I said, wow, you really, you know, you know, you broke my heart, you hurt my feelings, uh, and just given the jacket back, right? I mean, that's what I should have done. But then he wouldn't have the smell of dog shit all the way to Ireland in his coat. Yeah, that would have been a lost opportunity. Right, thank Are you. Are you vindictive? Yes. Oh, you own it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, if my, you know, I mean, the way he did that, though, he was so... He, the way he sort of broke it off with me was so casual. He didn't. He was really a passive aggressive jackass because he just said, "Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm gonna go to uh, Ireland uh, with this other woman that's um, uh, that works at my law firm." Just like, oh, he earned that poop. Yes, thank you. Like, I yeah, but I must be kind of checked out because I a lot of times I don't see things coming. Like I had like I was with a guy who's cheating on me. And I didn't see it at all because it was just, you know, I have guy friends. I figured he had a female friend. And um, that was right under my nose. For how long? Uh, probably about a year. And I just thought, you know, this, you know, she's not as funny as I am. So let them go out and have fun. But God, men don't care about that if you're funny or not. Anyway, but I just didn't think, I didn't see her as competition. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, so I'm, a, you know, a megalomaniac on top of everything else, I guess. No, it sounds like you were just being the cool girlfriend. Right. And I like, it's okay if you have friends. Yeah. And I don't like to, you know, mistrust other women. And I don't know. So, yeah. So that, and well, anyway, that that's a whole mess to, that we don't have hours and hours to get into. Well, uh, we have but, like yeah. a minute or two to talk just a moment more about it. Though. How'd you find out? Um, oh, I found out in the worst way possible. I found out there were two guys that my friend wanted me to meet because they were writers on... Uh, uh, they were writers on Letterman. Um, before you know, before Letterman was over, and then they were they were in town because they were going to write on some new show, and they said, "Oh yeah, oh we." And I went, well, I'll say this person. Uh, let's call him this person. He goes, "Yeah, we know him. Um, he uh, just uh, we know he just broke it off with um, a friend of ours." And I said, "Oh really?" <laughs> and then and I said and they said yeah he was having an affair with a friend of ours and I said oh well I know everybody who is it and then he said my boyfriend at the time's name and I said oh oh so okay uh, but and they didn't realize at all no oh my but God. the best thing was that's not even the best thing he was like a serial cheater because that's not the chick he was hanging around all the time this was some, oh another one yeah yeah wow yeah so I called him right then and said, oh, so who's this, who's this gal? Her name was, her, I can say the other person's name, this gal, Laura. And he goes, oh, she's just somebody who hangs out at clubs and blah, blah. And, um, and I said, well, uh, why don't you cop to it? Because uh, there are two guys who we've gone over this and they know that. Anyway, so he, <laughs> the great thing was then I told the other gal that was his good friend, I said, do you think this is true? Do you think that he's saying it's just some groupie or that hangs around everybody and nothing went on? And I didn't realize that her face was kind of blanched because he was cheating. He was, he didn't, she didn't know that he was also cheating on her. With you or with this third person? With the third person. But he knew, but she knew about you. Yeah. Yeah. She knew that we were an item and she thought she was the only other affair. How heartbreaking for her. I know. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But still. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, Looking back, were their signs do you think like do you feel like you should have seen something um I, I, you know once when they were making out in front of me no <laughs> no i don't know i don't think so i was working on my show i had a show called minor accomplishments of jackie woodman i was on the show he was also on the show and it's so funny because i felt bad for his uh friend that he was always with this gal because um she didn't get many acting jobs and stuff and I gave actually gave her a job on the show also. And the crazy, crazy thing was they were both in a scene together on the show. And I was like maneuvering them because in the scene she um, was playing an assistant that he was fooling around with. And but isn't it crazy? Like if they thought that I knew and I didn't, but I'm moving them all around. Right. Like pieces, you know, like, no, do it like this. Do it like this. That would have been crazy. But I really but I didn't know. I mean, that's really me being out of it. And I didn't. Actually, that's when I thought things were a little bit kooky because I thought, why are they being so weird and stiff? Just do it. You know? <laughs> right. And so that was, uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, I feel like I am either too out of it or too paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I'm always afraid of being one or the other. Got it. Um, and I know that you wrote a book with a bunch of stories about rejection. Mm-hmm. And... In general, rejection is something 
that I feel like I'm either, I mean, this has actually been a long time since I've felt this, but in when I was younger, I dealt with this a lot that like rejection is somehow my blind spot. Like either I think it's coming when it's not, mm-hmm. or I don't see it at all. What's your relationship with rejection? I was, I was about to ask you to give me an example of not seeing it coming at all. Um, oh, just mostly with guys. Okay. Like not having any idea that they're not nearly as into me as I am into them, even though every indication was there, including them kind of telling me that they're, you know, but, but I was that, do you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Okay. Um, it's really, it's, it's very funny. I recommend it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there's this, um, in season two, there's this song, about like love kernels or like basically the character is convincing herself that this guy that's sleeping with her is in love with her mm-hmm. based on all these tiny little hints that he okay. leaves, which are absolutely, I mean, it's, it's very, it's funny and it's really well done. Like they're not hints at all. They're just him being like, how was your day? Mm-hmm. And you know, like, Oh, I like that outfit. And yeah. I feel like I did that kind of stuff a lot. Um, just cobbling together, like, oh, he, he knows I'm alive. He's super into me mm-hmm. when not not the case. Right. Yeah. What about you with rejection? Uh, not necessarily from men, all kinds of rejection. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I usually I expect to get fired uh, um, and that makes it easier. And at my old job, when I used to uh, write for... Uh, Will and Grace, I used to ask, ask Max Muchnick, am I getting fired? Am I getting, am I still here? And then we <laughs> laughed about it and I was, you know, wrote for the show with everyone um, for seven years or as long as it what lasted, I think, almost eight. But no, my, <laughs> I guess my answer is I kind of, I, I, ne- I never ever feel all that comfortable unless it's something, you know, I think that's why I like to do stand-up is the only time I feel comfortable is if I'm kind of in charge mm-hmm. and then I, then I feel like, okay, well then I, I mean, I could get, you know, booed or heckled, but at least there's some way of knowing, you know, when it's, you know, when it's good or when I, you know, right. when, I've, when it's my fault sort of thing. Um, well, I was going to ask what, what do you think makes it so that you're always convinced you're going to get fired? I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably deeply ingrained I, I have my mother is very negative like if i anything happens you know she'll always say like well don't get your hopes up and i said well i'm going back and i've signed a contract well you know you never know don't you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. like she is very cautious and always has been i think right uh, so what was it like growing up with that um well because you know my um uh, i'm illegitimate so my father you know my father was wasn't around he was already he was married um, my mom, I'm the product of an affair. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I don't know, my mom was working a lot and I was by myself a lot. So, uh, you know, she was pretty encouraging then when I was in high school, but I, you know, I, I actually lost the first job I ever had at the Ponderosa Steakhouse and that, you know, no, you know, which I think I said even in the book that there w- wasn't a person in my family or my my relatives cousins or anything who's ever gotten fired. They've always kept their first job, you know, until they got a watch. So <laughs> my mom wanted me to to go wanted to drive me to Buffalo to see a psychiatrist because I got fired from my first job. So, and I don't know if I should brag about this. I feel like I've talked about this at another in another podcast, but 
I did with my other tall, unattractive, skinny friend, because um, we were both really having hard times. We were both pretty uh, bad looking in high school. We would drive uh, from Jamestown to Buffalo to go to Barbizon Modeling School. <laughs> what was that like? Just funny, like, you know, well, oh, there's going to be a reason that we're tall and flat chested. Every We'll show everyone. Uh but it was, you know, it was to- total, total bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, like there were girls there that were five foot two and five, you know, and it was basically like to give you poise and to show you how to put on your makeup. Um, but I think we felt better about ourselves for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we graduated. We're Barbizon <laughs> models, although I've never been called to model. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. Now, Barbizon... There was an ad that was be a model or just look like one. Yeah. Is that Barbizon or is that? Yep, that's that it. is. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it in the backs of tons of magazines then. Right. Um, be a model or just stay the way you are with a <laughs> lot of makeup. Or just be yourself with a lot of makeup on. Okay. So you did not feel attractive in high school. No, I had a hard time. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I had some friends looking back who said that I, you know, that that was me just having low self-esteem, that. Um, that there were a few boys, but I, the one guy I dated was from another school, um, in high school. And, um, I actually, and that, he was really cute. I remember his name is Greg Moore. He came over and put his ring, his class ring on the sink in the bathroom. And then when we talked for a while and then, you know, we kissed goodbye. I don't know. And then I called my friend first and said, Greg left his ring in the, in the sink in the bathroom. Do you think he meant to? <laughs> uh, and then I, then I had to call, I go, Greg, oh, you left your ring. And he said, oh, that's okay. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so sweet. So then I was, you know, really happy. <laughs> junior and senior year. I was like, oh, I've got a ring. And what happened with him? He, um... I don't know, you know, he went to went to different schools, different colleges and um I don't know, I think he may have uh gotten married shortly after college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's my question. You felt unattractive in high school. Um you are I'm going to lavish praise on you. No, you're, don't. I can't take it. You're beautiful and uh, super hot and I'm wondering, but I know that how you feel in high school for a lot of people is how they feel like the rest of their life. That's true. Is that how you, okay. No. So you don't feel, you, you don't like no part of you. I mean, let me actually ask a question instead of just put words together that aren't a sentence. Um, do you struggle with feeling attractive? Uh, you know, I don't think about it. I, I, there are days when I, you know, I'll put makeup on and I'll get, you know, get my hair done and i'll think i look good i look pretty good you know i try to you know try to get dressed up and get pull myself together to do stand up and stuff but um yeah you know i don't know i just i never like the way i look in photos or i think ah shit i should have done this or that you know or i I need to get this touched up that kind of crap mm-hmm. but also you know after having some therapy i realized on the times on the few times i saw my father he was not a nice guy like I was 16. He gave me a, this was like his pep talk because I told him I wanted to be a reporter. And he said, well, you know, you're not very smart and you're not very attractive, but I think because you're ambitious, you'll do okay. Jeez. Yeah. And so that, you know, was not, that, that kind of set you up. That's a bad time to hear that from a male, 
you know. From, yes. Uh, well, from your dad, yeah. especially. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. And then that's, that's when I had, that's when I realized I think I was kind of confrontational because I, because we were actually sneaking away to see him. And, uh, who's the we? Oh, my mom and I, because mm-hmm. he, you know, he was married. So we snuck right. around to see him. And so this was like in a New Year's thing or something in Puerto Rico. And I said, well, look what I had to work with, you know, because, because <laughs> he's an you know, ugly guy. Uh, and then so anyway. Oh, that's so interesting. So at what age do you remember being aware that you were, your word, illegitimate? Oh, um, gosh, probably, I bet around 10. Um, in the beginning, I used to think, and this just seems so crazy, it seems like a David Tell joke almost. <laughs> in the beginning, I actually thought, because when I was, you know, like four and five, I wasn't supposed to say, tell anyone who my dad was. I thought maybe he was like a superhero or a spy or something. I thought it made me more special uh-huh. that I couldn't tell anyone who he was. Um, and then, you Were know. you in the same town? Yeah. I see. Yeah. And you're, there's a big age difference between your dad and your mom, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 19 so, years. And did your mom raise you? Like, was there... Oh, you, had a, you have a stepdad, though, right? Had a stepdad, right? Yes. Yeah. And w- at what age did he come into the picture oh uh when i was 30 oh okay so for the most part it was just you and your mom yeah um and it's weird to be mean to and make a a stepdad feel bad at 30 i don't have to listen to you you're not my dad (laughs) (laughs) we're on the phone no uh no he was a really nice guy and you know but i was out of the house by then right okay so you thought your dad was a superhero that's so cute um but at 10 did did your mom sit you down and explain what was going on i think i sort of figured it out myself i was starting to get resentful uh because for one thing we would hide behind the couch and i and i was starting to get tired of that because my mom didn't want to see him and all this stuff and i would be like what are we doing just tell him you don't want to see him anymore oh like he would come by and you yeah. hide behind the- which she didn't want to see him was she angry yeah and i think she was just tired of. i mean he really just came by to sort of you know to carry on their affair i think you know oh. to keep having sex with her or whatever right so their relationship continued for a while yeah for his yeah he died um gosh he died at 58 and uh let's see so yeah he died when i was i think 17 so their relationship went on for as long as he lived basically Mm -hmm. and his world and he was married i mean the whole time did his other family ever find out his wife did i think yeah but his uh kids didn't know and I met the kids, and they were great, but it was really, I think it was really hard for them because I knew about them, and they didn't know about me. Right. So, so yeah. what's your relationship? Do you have any relationship with them now? No. No. I mean, we tried for a while, but it's weird when you don't grow up with someone, you know. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Are you angry? Uh, not, n- not anymore. You know, it's so long ago. Um, were you, though? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was. At who? Well, I was really angry at him. Just, he was gross. I mean, you know, he was kind of just, uh, he, I, well, and I think I had that even in the book that he was saying, you know, at some point that pep talk that turned into something really horrible was like, okay, and you're, if you're going to go to school, you're going to need a car and you're going to need this and I'll help you get a car. It's not going to be a good one, one and, but I'll get you a car. And I said, okay, thanks. And then, uh, and then he died before he got me the car, and I told my mom I knew he'd find a way to get out of it. 
<laughs> Were you sad when he died? No, I felt worse for my mom because, you know, then it was a whole weird thing. Like, should we go to the funeral or, you know, and mm. and I didn't, we went and she and I said, do you really want to do that to his other kids and family? Like, just like you're crashing a funeral. Uh, but she went in and I didn't. I just sat in the car because I didn't want to go. How, how was it for her? Do you know? Um, I guess it was okay. I guess she felt good that she's, you know, had a goodbye, uh, you know, final goodbye or whatever. Right. So you wanted to be a reporter. Mm-hmm. That was your first ambition. Um, when did you discover stand-up? Uh, while I was at Emerson, there was a really funny comic there named Mike Bent, boy scientist. And we hung around all the time. And I started to go with him. Uh, we would just hang out at clubs. I went to see him perform. And then he convinced me to try an open mic night. And I did. And um, it went so well the first time because, you know, it was really nice. Gosh, I think it was Michael McDonald who was the host maybe. Um, he was so sympathetic and was telling the audience, you know, can you imagine this is their first time, time getting up here and having the guts and please be supportive and all this. So it was such an easy, you know, crowd of, of people being nice. And, and then I, I feel like I bombed for two years straight after that. Like it was like a wrong impression, you know, <laughs> like, how, like, oh, gosh, this is going to be easy and fun. So, but you kept at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did it because did you love it right away? Uh, I did because I felt like it was something courageous to do. Like I felt kind of like it gave me some strength Mm -hmm. and, you know, I guess self-esteem and I felt like, gosh, you know, it is hard to do and I want to do it. So I'll keep going. Um, and it's so much easier now. Like I I stopped for a few years and, and I've been doing it pretty steady for the last four years now. Um, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do an hour special. So, but it's you know, it, kind of, it goes in waves. I think there are times when it's really hard. And you do stand up also, don't you? I have done it. I it's I have done it. Not enough to call myself a stand up at all. I mm-hmm. don't anymore. Um, although every now and then I think like I should really consider doing it. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't feel alive when I'm doing it. Uh-huh. Like the way people right. talk about it. Uh-huh. Um. I, there's other things that like I, where I feel like this is what I really like. I just this is my thing, and I stand up was enjoyable, but like, but also very stressful for me. And I got in my, I also had the experience of the first time I did it, I was so good, I thought, mm-hmm. and it, the audience seemed to as well. And then the next few times, it was not the same at all. <laughs> and then I, um, I really let people get in my head, telling me that. Women comedians should not talk about this and you don't want to talk about this and don't want to talk about this. And it became this puzzle and unenjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I look back on that and I wish that I hadn't listened to any of that. Although I suspect even if I hadn't listened to any of that, I'd still be sitting here not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you said that you stopped for a few years. Yeah. How come? Well, really I stopped because I was uh, working on my show on Minor Accomplishments and I wrote it with one other person. So we were writing and and then taping Mm -hmm. so and that was gosh we did we had done two pilots before even the first pilot aired and then the show was on for two years so it's like really like a four-year kind of hiatus doing that was it hard getting back into stand-up 
because what I hear from like I have a friend of mine who um we were talking she was also she had her baby but also pregnant um before the baby as as usually happens mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was we were talking about like at what point did you stop working um and she was saying like she stopped touring at this point but she did stand up up until like eight months even though it was really uncomfortable i think physically uncomfortable because she's just so afraid of losing that muscle oh wow well it's true i think it is hard if you get you know if you're away from it and then getting back in i keep saying that i want to start doing it three times a week but i haven't done that yet Mm -hmm. twice a week usually is what i am i also uh, a lot of times i get sick of what i'm talking about i you know, like I have to have new stuff. And then that means you have new stuff that you will probably bomb. So that's not that much to look forward to, you know. Right. Not that fun, so. so you, but you do do it twice a week now. Yes. How do you feel usually after your set? Um, I usually, fe- I mean, I guess depending on the response, I usually feel, you know, positive. I feel pretty good about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm always, you know, I usually have a drink. I, like, that's my treat afterwards, so, and during. So it's usually fun. Like, I, I mean, I feel like I'm such a a hermit lately. Like, that's my going out mm-hmm. night. Like, that's my f- night on the town is going out and doing stand-up. Yeah. And then drinking with friends afterwards. That's, and I think that's usually when I see, you know, friends, is, uh, you know, other comics is just going out to work you know like my work friends or something right right i feel like that's not that uncommon um i'm kind of a hermit too and it often is worky things that are what gets me out of the house but then i always think like but i wish i were one of those people who were just social Mm -hmm. but i'm just not uh but sometimes i wish i were i feel like it's a more balanced life but doing this you have to be social that's just that's true that's true this is incredibly social you have people coming into your living room People are record and there's recordings of me being social. Yeah. Thank you for reminding sure. me. Um, I hate to say it, Allison. I think you like people. I do like people. Mm-hmm. I do. Just not as much as the people that hang out with them all the time. Right, right. I think it's just being an introvert, mm-hmm. which yeah. I imagine you are probably one as well. Uh-huh. Um, do you still collect morning jewelry? I do. Do you have any for me? I'm what a to tease. Think. Jesus, Allison. What <laughs> I know that did, that did, that did sound like Lord, I was Lord, I was like... about to accept a, a beautiful, you know, pearl or, or onyx pin. Okay, go ahead. Right. No, it's okay. You must have a huge collection. I do. Do you have, do you have huge. it organized in some super no. fancy way? No. Are you an organized person? No. And, you know, now that I'm on Adderall, I was really hoping that my whole life would change, but it hasn't. Like the first few days I cleaned the house and now I'm back to just being a pig again. So you were on Dexedrine. Yeah. And now Adderall. Those are very similar. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess Dexedrine, Dexedrine is like, it, that's speed and Adderall isn't. Okay. That's what my psychiatrist said, but I don't really understand that because I thought they were both speed. That is what I thought too. But if your psychiatrist is telling you something yeah. different, then I say right. go with that. <laughs> right. Right. But you did not get a, you did not get an organizational boost from it. No. I have, if if so, it was very brief. Or maybe I need to take more. I don't know. <laughs> Are you organized? Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. I'm very... I am much more on the hoarder side of things 
than on the like minimalist decluttering. Uh, did you know that book, um, The Magical, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up no. by Marie Kondo? No. Okay. It was sort of a a phenomenon, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. Mm-hmm. This Japanese woman who wrote oh, this book, you, you know, do you know what I mean? I heard her on, on, I think, KCRW or something. Okay. And she sprays perfume when she's done. Probably. To know that, the, that she's done her work and that she can relax. That sounds like her. Okay. She... What you do is like you choose the area you're going to clean up Uh and you have to take everything. Like if you're going to clean up your closet Mm -hmm. or or whatever, change your life via your closet, take all the clothes out of the closet and dump them on the bed or something. So Mm -hmm. first of all, that's too much for me. Right. (laughs) Because I know myself and I know I'm going to get tired halfway through and Uh I'm going to be like, well, now where am I going to sleep? And then (laughs) you touch, you pick up every garment and you touch it. Uh And if it's quote-unquote sparks joy then you keep it if it does not you discard it but first you thank it for the purpose it served in your life and then you let it go that sounds like a bunch of bullshit (laughs) i know but people are so into it or they were so into it i haven't heard anyone talk about it in a while how could you tell if something sparked joy well you know when you touch it you have to touch this is what she says you have to touch it whatever the item is you you touch it and in, in if it sparks joy you keep it and if not you thank it and you and you let it go i think i get kind of a little boost when clothes are clean when there's clean clothes <laughs> in the you know drawer then you keep them because they're sparking okay. joy so that's it huh? yeah no i can't I, I i don't enjoy making a bunch of decisions in a row yeah. which to me is what getting rid of stuff is but jeff here don't let his cool demeanor fool you he is crazy with organization. I'm I'm pretty good. I I like He loves I, systems. He loves velcro ties. I like systems. I just I just don't like to do like a wild goose chase when I'm looking for something. Yeah. So I like I like I like to minimize that kind of mayhem, but I'm not anal. My apartment right now looks like a hurricane just went through it. You say that, but I bet it doesn't. I bet it does. Okay. Like I freaked myself out when I walked into my out of my bedroom this morning. So well, this looks like a crazy person lives here. And then I thought, yeah, looks like sure. <laughs> so yeah, I come or go, but it's like, I like to be organized, but I don't, I don't want to make myself crazy about it. Give me an example of one of your, of a system in your house, like the way you do something that's organized. Well, I would just point out each mic has a stick. Each microphone on the table okay. has a sticker on it with a color on it. Mm-hmm. And then on the headphone amp, there's also a color that it so you know which oh. one you are and on the zoom recorder there's also a color so he knows where where which one is which right so this okay. is this is work process stuff so this is if i say to you mm-hmm. laura uh there's your headphones and if you want to adjust your headphones okay. it is the green okay. dial and i can know that because i see green 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 it just makes things easier for me to do my job so better. did you guys both fall apart when i didn't want to put my headphones on did you think there goes this whole day no. I actually thought, should I work that into the podcast or should I just let leave, let it go? Because for most people, we would encourage them to put on their headphones. Mm-hmm. But with you, we're letting it go. Thank we're okay you. with that. You yeah. know why? I am a, a I know it's, I'm like a selective germaphobe, which is the worst kind. This, I feel like people have sweat into, into these mm-hmm. with they their hair have. and their ears or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so I don't want to put that on, even though my hair is filthy. I don't want to put those but on it's your my head. Filth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got the vibe when you asked that you were really not into it. 
I had so actually, some people are oh. waffly and mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm just I'm not it's and mess up my hair. But my vibe with you mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'm really not into this. Well, so, damn it, though, Jeff, yeah. that's a, that's an example of being passive aggressive and confrontational. I knew I wasn't about to put these on, but mm-hmm. I said, do you mind if I don't wear headphones? Right. Knowing I wasn't going to. I thought I think that's just being polite. Really? Yeah. yeah. When also, because <laughs> one of you said, yes, I mind. Get them on. Then what would I have done? What would you have done? Um, yeah, put question. cat shit in our coat, dog shit. No, no, no. I, I, I would have said, can I wipe them out or something? Or could I put tissues in? It's, it's stupid. And you know what? I have my own headphones and I forgot them. Ooh. It's totally okay though. You know, you know what I think? I'm glad helped- that I didn't try to get you to use the earbuds that I'm keeping in my sock. <laughs> <laughs> that would yikes, not have gone well, yikes, right? Yikes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I was just, just quickly doing the math on like, is there another joke to be made here? And then I decided no, because it involved things in butts. Um, and it was, it wasn't gonna be funny. It was just gonna be gross. Um, but also when you said it, you said, I'm a nut about this. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that helps that helped. It made it very clear that you're asking, but you really don't want to. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you handled that well. Really? I feel, I like, feel like, like an all... asshole. No, no <laughs> not at all. But also on, huh. I think it would had to have been on Marin. I heard you mention that you don't wear them. Right. So I kind of knew that you might not. Oh, okay. And here's the difference for me from the production side is if you don't want to wear headphones, but you know that it's such a thing for you. My vibe was that you know it's such a thing for you that you know how to compensate for not having them. Right. So for me, I thought, well, you not wearing them is not going to be a problem because you're not going to be all over the place. You're going to know this is my thing. I'm not into headphones. I know how to compensate. So it's all good. Okay. Now, what happens if you do like a TV appearance or something and they want you to wear an IFB? Has that ever happened to you? I don't even know what an IFB is. Oh, you mean a a pack? That's the little thing, thing that goes in your ear. So it would be like if you were doing a news thing. Oh, I've never I had to. Okay. I've never had that happen. Yeah, it's this little thing that goes inside the ear and then hooks over your ear, and then it's got like a coil, like a tiny telephone cord that goes down, right? And then connects, and then so the person can be like, "Hey, Laura, thanks you, thank you so much for doing the show. We'll be with you in five or whatever." And I'd have to get everything. hand sanitizer, yeah, and put it on that thing, and hopefully not ruin it on the little earpiece. It goes inside your ear. Right. Inside. Yeah. It's pretty intense. If it's plastic and you're putting it inside your ear, I, that is absolutely not an unreasonable request right. to, have, to clean that off. Yeah. yeah. Eventually Although, people just get does. their own. Probably. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about earwax and it's, it's turning my stomach a little bit. Sure. But only a little bit. Okay. Okay. So started doing stand up at Emerson. Still wanted to... Did you go there? Um, what were you studying when you went there? What was the, the goal? Because uh, you're ambitious, we know that. Right. <laughs> I think I probably wanted to still, you know, see if I could, you know, write for a newspaper or, you know, to, I think, you know, I, broadcast journalism was still my thing. I actually applied to Syracuse to the Newhouse School of Journalism and I didn't get in. Did you want to be an on-air reporter? I think so, yeah. Your life would have been filled with IFBs. Damn These it. ear things. What a lucky Feel like th- you were saved. Wow, you are so right. I never thought about that. Allison, I'm glad things turned out for the best. They, they really did. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's looking out for you. Okay. So you thought you wanted to do on air. Mm-hmm. That was your thing. Um, you said you applied to Syracuse? Mm-hmm. And did not get in. Jerks. I know. And plus I was writing on that, like if I hadn't gotten out, kicked out of that the little scholarship writing thing, 
I thought that was a good thing. Plus, I did a lot of. It's funny. I did a lot of extra credit things in high school. Like I really tried hard in mm-hmm. high school. You know. Um, did they have honor roll when you were a kid? Like or honor society? Right. They had something national. There was like a national thing. I don't think yeah. the school had an honor. If they did, I wasn't no. on it. Do you, Jeff? Yeah, we had honor roll. So that was all A's and B's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you but on the, that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then there was national merit. Merit or honors. Yes. Right. Yeah, national merits. I was not on that. I was on that. Well. Yeah, I was like, I tested high, but my grades weren't, I didn't try hard enough. Because mm-hmm. uh, I tried very, I went to a pretty intense kindergarten through eighth. So oh, okay. I was done trying <laughs> by the time Jeez, I was, okay. the time I headed to high school. I mean, not really done, but I right. just felt like I needed a break. And I, I shared on an episode recently that after graduating eighth grade and then just going to public school, I was like, now's the time I debut by new splashy personality. And I tried to have a whole personality overhaul, which of course didn't work. I was just tired of being quiet and conscientious. And uh-huh. I, I don't know what I wanted to be, but someone who was not myself. Um, yeah. But how smart that, and, uh, Guess that you even had the wherewithal to think, okay, at that young age, this is going to be the new me. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's I'm starting over with new kids. Now but you the grew time. up out here, right? Uh, I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, gosh, that's got to be a whole. Yeah. Well, I was in Orange County. Okay. But that's a whole thing. Right. It's not the entertainment industry, but it is just a bunch of blonde, athletic people. Sure. Who think alike. You were in Jamestown. Mm-hmm. Is that upstate? What? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So upstate New York. Yep. Uh, really close to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It was like an hour hour from there, Niagara Falls. So yeah. Did you like growing up there? Mm-hmm. And then Boston. Yeah. And then when did you come out here? Oh uh, gosh, I've been, I went to New York actually after Boston, and then I came out here. I was out here on and off. I came out here. Um, I think it was ninety two or ninety three. Um, I was hired to play uh, Tom Arnold's wife on one of his sitcoms, and I was fired. And then I, and Tom Arnold was actually really sweet about it. And he said, "What can we do? Can we write you in as like the sister or this or that?" And all I could think of was, "Oh no, I'm going to have to go back out and bomb on the road because that's all I was doing was trying <laughs> to do stand up on the road." And I said, "I'd like to write for Roseanne's show." So then I started writing on Roseanne. What was that like? A blast, but. It was it was simple because she had so many comics, like there were eight comics in each room, like working on three jokes, or, or you know, or five comics to a room. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so had writing for sitcoms been something that you had been wanting to do for a while, or was that no? That- yeah, it was just a total. It was a fluke. Just you know, right. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to ask because okay, so you you're a stand up actress producer. You made a docu more than one documentary or a documentary. Oh, I made a documentary on the Rockefeller drug laws called Sixty Spins Around the Sun. And yeah, you have your hands in so many different facets of the entertainment industry. Is there one that you feel like is really the most you one that that you like the most? Uh. I really loved um, having writing and performing on my own show. That was the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you said you like being your own boss. Yeah. Um, why did you get fired from Tom Arnold's show? I think it was, you know, first of all, I had um, in the series, well, I, God, and at the time, I, 
I was really, really young. I was like 22. I was just out of college. And I, um, I was playing um, the mom of four kids. Um, and, you know, and they were giving me a lot of activities. And I think it was, it, and it was so crazy too, because my son was 14, but uh, he was actually 18. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day I got fired, I said, oh, can you tell me where the phone is? And he goes, it's right over there, babe. And I was like, oh, my son's calling me babe. Like, <laughs> uh, but imagine I got fired because I can't act. I mean, I think I can act a little bit better. I think I'm better now, but I think then I was just too, I didn't know what I was doing. And they kept giving me activities. Mm-hmm. I remember one day they said, uh, I was combing the twins' hair and I was supposed to take a roast out of the oven. And I said, you know, I'm nowhere. And the kid and the twins are going, mom, mom. And I said, you know, your mom's nowhere near her mark right now. And that's, <laughs> I got fired shortly after that. I think that's funny. Yeah. I guess I can see where that was not in the script. Right. They didn't, um, yeah. What was your first, like, what, what do you consider your first big break? Uh, gosh, I, I think the thing that meant the most to me was um, doing a half hour HBO special. Uh, just because I think, you know, as a comic, you know, especially in the 90s, that was the big deal to be on HBO. Right. So that I think was. Right. You also did Loveline for a year, right? Yeah. What was that like? Boy, you've got a great memory. I have forgot. Um, <laughs> that was fun. I really had a good time. Uh, and it and that I laugh about now because I also got let go of that uh, from that because they thought I was making too many jokes in the in the audience and the producer sat me down and said, Laura, you know, at really, you know, this is you're just supposed to field questions. We really want you know Adam to be the you know the funny one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Did so, that bum you out? Yeah, but I teased Adam on his show. I was on his show a while back and said, you know, they. They had to do everything they could to make you the funny one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you like? What's a typical day like for you now? Crying, drinking, <laughs> uh, trying to get out of bed. Is your drink a martini? I yes, noticed, it okay. is. I feel like I just like when I said, "Do you still collect morning jewelry?" I feel like the next thing I should uh, is like I should be like, "Oh, can I pour you one?" Mm-hmm. Um. Allison, I haven't changed since in five years. Nothing has happened since um, uh, Mark big timing me. Marin um, had me on his show. Nothing (laughs) at all has happened. I can't get anything going. How about that? No, actually, I I I I I refuse to think that's true. Well, uh, I am pitching a a few things, so hopefully something will. Do you enjoy the pitch process? No, no, I can't stand any of it. And I always just say, you know, whenever anyone asks, because, you know, going to a party, going to anything, what are you up to? I am throwing shit against the wall like I have for the past 20 years. I'm hoping (laughs) somebody will buy something that I pitch and can do something. That's it. Yeah, it's um. so I went through a pitching. I got got a taste of of the pitch process recently. And I um, all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, what can I say about it? Actually, apparently not that it was it was quite a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Did you go in by yourself? No, no. I went in with a couple other people, um, and I that was unusual for me because all of my other things that I've done in this town have been going in myself. Mm-hmm. With your pitches, are you going in by yourself? Yes, but I prefer having anyone, an agent or anybody, mm-hmm. manager. I've got a great manager now, which I feel, you know, happy about, lucky. Uh, 
it's nice to have somebody else in there in case, you know, you start your pitching, pitching, you feel yourself sort of winding down and, and then someone can else can jump in. Like, right. I think that helps. Um, my fear, I haven't had this in a while, but the fear that I used to always have, especially if I was doing live TV, even though live television is like probably my favorite, but the fear would just be, I articulated it as I'm afraid I'll just forget how to talk. But oh. I think what I'm, I think the fear is actually I'm afraid I will have a panic attack uh-huh. in on air or in the room. I remember in college one time, I was called on in class. I, I probably put my hand up, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden in the middle of talking, I was like, "Oh shit, what am I like? I don't. What was I talking about? Where was I going with this?" And I just honestly, it was just losing my train of thought. Mm-hmm. But it felt very major. So that's kind of always my fear. And I could imagine with a pitch that fear coming up again. And the thing, I know exactly what you're talking about. The second that happens, then you're done. Yeah. You can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You're, if you let yourself for a second think, okay, where am I going? What was I saying? Then that's it. You've lost it. You've lost it. It's kind of... Or like, I'd say at least it's really hard to recover. I think. Yeah. And I think that like what starts it is suddenly, what I was going to say is like floating outside your body, but really it's just a moment of self-consciousness where you see yourself sitting there talking as opposed to staying mm-hmm. connected connected right. with it. Right. Um, I used to do a segment on morning news in New York early in the morning every week, and I would sit there, and I think because it was so early, it made me feel more like that, and I would sit there like before, um, right before we would go on, and I would start to get that feeling of like, what if that happens? Mm -hmm. And then I would just like take some deep breaths and just, I would tell my, I would just try to do anything I could to not have that like outside my body looking in feeling Mm -hmm. and just to like connect with like my feet are on the ground and I'm in, this sounds so ridiculous. (laughs) Like I'm inside my body and I know how to do this and I can like just trust that I know how to do this. Well, that's the first time I've ever heard anyone articulate it. I, I thought that was an outer body experience because I feel Maybe like I've had is. that once. No, but the way you what you just said made a lot more sense than because I think an outer body experience must be a much bigger deal. But I remember bombing on stage in Boston and like seeing myself in the back of the room getting a drink, going, "God, that she sucks." While you're on stage, yeah, Ugh. like there's just so much time where. I, I don't know, like I couldn't wrap up. I couldn't remember anything. Yeah. But that sounds like exactly what you're saying. I think that's, that it's, so I imagine that you're a good actor too, because if you know when you're going out of your body, you know, you have to be present, you have to be in your body. I've always heard that from acting coaches and stuff. Stay in the moment in your body. Right. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. I do too. I do too. Um, And I don't, I, 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 uh, the grandiose. I'm going to say it anyway. I think I have the potential to be a good actor or actress, really either. Um, but I'm not trained. It's well, I mean, I took some classes a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I'm not trained now. So I actually, that's something that my agency said, like, you know, is this something you're interested in? And I, and I said, yes, it actually really is. But I feel like I should have more coaching before doing it. Did you take a lot of acting classes? I did. Um, especially in New York. And I remember I took uh, classes with this company called Gately Pool. It was Catherine Gately, and they're really well-known and whatever. And this woman said, if you don't start um, 
take a, you need to take a dance class. You need to do something because you're so detached from your body. It's like it's not here. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, great. So what do you do after that? So I quit. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to start trying to be physical or, you know. Right. Um, so since being pregnant and gaining pregnancy weight, my OB recommended or I want to know would I be open to seeing a nutritionist? Mm-hmm. And by the way, I've been informed by a listener that registered dietitian is the correct way to refer to a nutritionist, not nutritionist. But I swear the nutritionist calls herself a nutritionist regardless. Anyway, she wanted to talk to me about like, you know, so what kind of exercise are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And then she recommended three half hour sessions of joyful movement. Oh, wow. (laughs) What on earth is that? Anything, anything that sparks joy. Oh, oh my God. I really, really hope she doesn't I'm listen. forgetting what the word joy means now. <laughs> I know. Does anyone suggest yoga? Uh, I tried that once. I've done it once. Yeah. I did it once and I thought it didn't feel like a workout. Mm. Uh, and I want it. I mean, now, now being pregnant and like out of breath all the time, actually something that isn't that hard. No offense. I know yoga can be hard. I'm sure people will let me know that i know it can't can be a workout but whatever i did just felt like a really long thing that i i just i couldn't get into it right yeah what was your experience uh i had you know gosh as i'm talking i realize i'm i really give up easily i'm a lazy person (laughs) i had this woman you know i thought i you know kind of tapped me and and then in front of a class, like tell me how to breathe or saying I'm not breathing and then sit down next to me, you know, and hold my stomach and, and sit there, do it like this, like this, like this. You're breathing in and you should be breathing out. And, you know, and if I, I won't be able to learn how to breathe, I don't think, <laughs> since I've been doing it wrong my whole life. You and know, yet I arguably you're doing it well enough to stay alive. Exactly. So I feel like what you're doing is serving you. Thank you. Um, this trouble connecting with the moment, do you have that across the board, like in all moments or just professional stuff? Uh, I feel like I might have it sadly even more in life or than professional stuff, because at least I'm aware that I'm not connected if I'm, you know, or if I'm, you know, reading for, you know, I'm a terrible auditioner, but at least if I'm auditioning, I'll either go over something with a, an acting coach or I'll, you know, sit and think of it and just try and, you know, do like a what if game. Like, what if I am that person doing whatever. But um, the fact that, you know, I didn't notice that someone was cheating on me with two people makes me feel like I'm not very connected in, <laughs> you know, in my own life, you know. Right. Or whatever. Like, that's something even Jeff would notice and he doesn't. <laughs> in your defense yes i beg to differ okay if somebody wants to fool you and it's somebody that you care about and trust uh-huh. they can always do it oh because you already you, you just can't imagine that they would you mean yeah because they they already have the advantage of having your trust ah uh, oh, so that's if they true. if they want to pull a fast one on you right they can get away with it right but that being said having been on the other side of it there's a part of you that you see signs and you don't want to believe it. Right. And I think that's completely human. Right. There's, there's, there's no fault there. Thank you. I would agree. And a therapist said to me, this was not about cheating, but it was about 
a, a situation where I was like, how could I not know? How could I not know? How could I not know? Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't want to show you something, you won't know. Ooh. I mean, now I get that we're saying that in the, in the cheating scenario, there's, you sometimes have like a, just a, a gut feeling about it. But I do get what she's saying that like, if someone's trying to hide something from you, the, oftentimes they can do it very well. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's actually easy. I mean, all you have to have is this scumbag will to get away with it, and mm-hmm. you can fool a lot of people. Um, but yeah, you you don't want to see it because what's what's the outcome of you your right. boyfriend cheating on you? Hmm. You're going to be really hurt. Yeah. You don't want that. There's a part of your mind that's always like, well, let's figure out a way for this not to be true. It's exactly. just the way that the mind works. But since my father was cheating on his wife with my mother, you might think I'd be hyper aware of that possibly it's just it's just the mind yeah well is that something that you carried around in your head a lot as like Mm -hmm. this is something that men can do or that they do do yes well i think you know my mom was really pretty and she had she had boyfriends she had other boyfriends too you know um and i remember she was saying to me like you know why can't you why can't you be nicer to people or something because i said oh i don't you know i'm not getting along with this kids in school and i said why can't you stop being nice to people because you know she had a lot of boyfriends you're too nice to people um but yeah it was just um anyway let's take some questions that people sent in over twitter and there's a little song when we ask they send them in they're wondering how you so thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay, Robert Paulson says, will we ever see the groupie again? Uh, from Tenacious D? I was unsure what the reference was to, and I was hoping you would know. So I just say yes. I'm good. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> All right. There we go. There's <laughs> the a answer. long time ago. Thank you for asking anyway, but yeah, that was a, that, you know, that was just a, a sketch from a long time ago. Okay. Wichelli says, Laura is eight days older than me, but looks eight years younger than me. Damn girl, what's your secret? How cute. I like to think I'm preserved in disappointment. How about that? <laughs> okay. And um Jen says I Love Lucy Museum is in her hometown. Has she been? Yes, random question. But her and Lucille Ball are from the same place and funny. That's sweet. Yes. I've been, I, I actually I went there, I think, maybe two years after it opened. Was it cool? Yeah, really cool and nice. And they had and they had the Lucy Theater there then. And they did, they did um, a Lucy Fest every year, which is really cool. They oh, always neat. have good comics and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Philip Kaidel says, does she think her height hurt her career? Beautiful and talented women. Sorry, beautiful and talented woman, but maybe not compatible on screen with five foot nine leading men. How cute. Um, boy, that would be an easy out, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm just too, t- I'm too <laughs> damn tall to make it. No, I don't think so. How tall I'll, are you? I'm five. Well, I'm five nine. I th- I think I've shrunk actually. I'm like five eight and a half, five nine, but I used to be more like you know five ten. But I did a, um, it was a kids movie, and um, I was actually they dug a ditch for me because I was um, 
I was daddy daycare and I was with Regina King and she is a petite beauty, of course. And, but we played best friends. So I, they'd say, Laura, get in the hole. Cause I, I had to get in the, a ditch. Oh, and there was another thing I did where I had to just take off my uh, shoes mm-hmm. with a uh, guy. But yeah, anyway, but that's I, nice. But no, I don't think so. I don't think my height is the issue. What is the issue? Just kidding. My self-esteem, <laughs> the fact that I, uh, I don't know, get nervous and, you know, get in my head or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I loved you on Take My Wife. I just oh, watched thanks. that recently because I had Cameron I on the show. It. Oh, great. Gosh, yeah. she's, I like those. I, Cameron and Rhea to me are so funny and a really great couple. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do just me or everyone. But first, a few things to tell listeners. Holidays are coming up. You're probably doing some shopping. Um, you're probably shopping on Amazon because they have everything. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. Thank you guys so much for all of your Amazon support. Um, also, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, itunes.com slash alisonrosen. Leave us a nice comment. That would be amazing. And I am now on Patreon. So if you go to Patreon, thank you patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. It's a way to directly support the show um, on an ongoing basis. And there's all sorts of rewards and bonus content. So you can get extra episodes each month, behind the scenes videos, um, exclusive live stream, sort of like the one that the fake Laura Keitlinger watched years ago. (laughs) So all sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on Something I have thought or done Is it just me or everyone? Sadie Simper says, Just me or everyone. At home all day by myself. Put my bra on and then hours later wonder why I'm still wearing it if no one will see me today. Look, here's the thing. The bra is the last thing I put on when I'm leaving the house. The last thing that comes on before guests are coming over. And the first thing that I take off the second I'm alone again. So I would, I would, there would never be a day where I would put my bra on unless I was sure that it was necessary. But I'm just very anti-bra. I guess. I guess that's what I am. I don't know what I am. Not all women are like this. For example, uh, there's women in my family who are more comfortable wearing bras. They also are way more endowed in the chest region than I am. I it is such a part of of starting the day. I call it uh, brawing up, <laughs> and like, you do this every day. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, structure. And I announce it to my boyfriend. Okay, I'm gonna bra up. I'm almost ready to go. <laughs> I gotta bra up, get my underwear on, and get ready. What if yeah. you're not going out though? Then no. Yeah, like if you're just home, eBaying, morning jewelry, and then writing. Then I'm in my pajamas all day. Okay. Um. Michaela Stanton says, annoyed by the use of marry when it doesn't mean tying the knot, such as marrying flavors or ingredients. I would I would argue that it is overused. Like I remember it felt like all of a sudden people were saying like, you know, I feel this way, but I'm not married to it. It mm-hmm. felt like it came out of nowhere. Right. And then it was everywhere. There are a lot of words I hate, though. Oh, good. What are they? Artisan. Artisan. <laughs> um I hate uh, repurpose. Mm-hmm. My friend was over. We were writing together, and I said, uh, I, "I'm I'm thinking of um, having my uterus repurposed into a cat carrier. What do you think? <laughs> repurposing this, repurposing that. Uh, 
I don't like reboot either. Like uh, for a TV show? Yeah. If they're, mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. So so re is something in yeah. two of them that you don't like. Yeah, right. I don't like um, actionable. And I'll tell you how in what. Because it actually means something. If something is actionable, it means that. I think you can sue over it. So oh. in a legal sense, I don't mind it because that's actually what it means. But I used to work in magazines mm-hmm. and I remember there was this push to make all the articles quote unquote actionable. So it'd be like, you know, useful information that the reader can then repurpose so they can ah. reboot their life. Wow. Fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went through a phase of not liking what was the term? Was it pro be yeah, proactive. I felt like what is that like if someone's being proactive about something isn't that the same as being active? But mm-hmm. I can accept that I think proactive has a slightly different. What do we think? Does proactive mean different than active? Proactive means you're taking an action on something in advance. Yeah, you're getting you're, out of you're front sort of, of it. yeah, yeah. And to me, it just means a solid acne treatment. Like the only <laughs> right. thing that works. That's the only th- reason why you can use, you, and that's the only reason why I think of proactive. <laughs> have you used proactive? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not used it, but I've heard it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it now, actually. For the, they have a, I guess it, it kind of minimizes your pores, this, this thing, a scrub you put on. I think it helps a little bit. I like it. How's that? Is that a good plug? I think it helps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not giving me money, so I feel like that's a decent plug. Okay, if great. they were, I would I would suggest we yes. make oh. it a little more proactive. Oh, exactly. no, we're talking about proactive. Yeah. Um, but wait, are you an adult acne sufferer? I certainly am. Yeah, I am as well. Not so much lately, but I spent years of my... Well, tell me if you... Tell me where you come down on moisturizer, because I spent years of my life not moisturizing because... I don't care what they say. It makes me break out. But now I do use a light moisturizer, and I'm not breaking out. From, from here, it. your skin looks amazing. It really does. Like Thank you. Like, you don't you. have big pores or anything. And you've got freckles, which is also beautiful, beautiful skin. Th- that's that's where very is nice. It, where, where do you find that you... I, I don't see a breakout on you anywhere. Um, or you don't have it now. I don't really have it now. There actually is a little one, a little zit cropping up on the lower left side of my lip over here. Um, but no, it hasn't, I haven't had a lot of breakouts lately, but far into my adulthood, I felt like, why am I still breaking out? Have you ever had bad skin? Yeah. In uh, junior high school. Okay. Yeah. Cause your skin looks incredible too. Thank you. I've, I've been fortunate. I would say I have my father's skin as my mother used to say, <laughs> which, <laughs> really? which I took to mean that she had a lot of zits. Oh, in the day, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Jeff, any words you hate? I, I'm drawing a blank, but I will say I like actionable only in this context is when I say in terms of intelligence. So if somebody says somebody complained about something, something on Twitter, and I say, well, I get no actionable intelligence from that. Oh, interesting. Okay. A new, a new form of. Yeah, I like that. New meaning. Meaning I hear you, but there's nothing I can do with that information. Yeah. So. That works for me. Thank you. In general, I'm not a fan of trendy words that everyone's suddenly using. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that anyone who is, except for the people who use them. I also don't like the word trending. Trending? No, I don't like that God, either. I hate that word. <laughs> now, what happens if someone close to you... Well, like, what happened when someone near you wanted to reboot her uterus? Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you lose respect? <laughs> it, uh, 
if it's some if they can turn it into a joke somehow that's okay but otherwise i just don't like it no i wouldn't i'd have to say say it in a way that makes sense to me and not and don't be cute about it or clever garrett is your fiance's name right Mm -hmm. garrett Mm -hmm. okay something i doubted myself um does he ever use words you don't like no not really i don't think so no I mean, it's tough living with me (laughs) because he said, oh, I don't know. So what? You know, if I say something like, oh, please don't do that. Don't. uh, Or like little stupid things like blah, blah, blah or something like that. You know, I said, don't, you know, don't. You can't say that around me. You can't. You can't say blah, blah, blah. Or that's a placeholder for the thing he said. No, blah, blah, blah. You actually don't like that. Yeah. Okay. Yada, yada. Horrible. Is there anything in that realm that you that you're okay with? I I don't know what what are my other choices. Jibber jabber? I hate that. Yeah. I th- I don't know that there are any other ones. Let's see. let's see. So he comes in and he's all he's all. No. Yeah. I'm no, okay with on and on. They go on and on about it. Yeah. yeah Cuz then you're just getting over it, get it into the next thing. Right. David Sitlani says, sometimes take home fries. Always end up tossing them. Note, only good restaurant fries. So he doesn't even take home the bad fries. Um, I'm not, I don't order fries. But if, if some got, if some came home with me, I would not be tossing them. Even if they were cold and disgusting, I would probably be eating them. That's why I wouldn't take them home. Yeah, I'm like Charlie Brown kicking the football with that one. I never learned the lesson. I always think I'm going to bring them home and figure out a way to boost them back to life whether it's in the <laughs> oven or the toaster or the microwave no i think one of the very few pleasures in life is uh eating in the car so i i'd, I'd have them they'd be gone before i got home mm. um lisa loves jamo says no matter what every time i go on vacation i either start or i'm on my period without fail yes not currently because of the the nine months of no period, um, but I had my period when I got married, so I um, used to have my period pretty much all. Not uh, it's an exaggeration, not all the time, but frequently. She could get on birth control pills and then regulate, manage it. it. Yeah, I know, and it's better for your skin. I hated birth control pills. Oh, you did. Oh. You like them? I did because it was clearing up my skin, and I knew when I, you know, which one were you on? Uh, pro. Uh, Proactive? <laughs> no. How funny? No. No, but it was it was the, a really light one. I think it was pro um Oh, damn it. I don't There's know. There's low. Well, low estrogen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, not pro-low. Yeah. Did you... um there's low estrin, and then I think there's also low, low estrin. There's like an oh. even lower estrin one. Um, did you find it affected your mood at all? No. Look at you. But I was on them for so long. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. My gynecologist at the time also had been on... Which one was she on? I don't know. And and like loved it and thought it was great. My, I had such a bad experience on all the birth control I tried. And I found that it made me gain weight. And it made me depressed or numb. Oh. And I just, yeah, not not a fan. Um, Matt says, I think I can draw a good outline of the United States until I actually try doing it. Great Lakes area is deceptively hard. Trying to think if someone said, "Could you draw a good outline of the United States?" I probably would be like, "Yeah, I can get, I can get in the ballpark," and then I probably would. Uh, it would not look like the United States. 
Are your listeners like 13? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> no, I guess, yeah, that, that might be, I, I suppose it would be difficult. Hmm. You know what it is? Florida, I don't, I can't even remember which direction the country is tipped. Florida is lower than California. Yes, it's all, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it sags on the east, yes? It's America's wang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Talk to Dad says, always scrutinize the folks sitting in first class to see if any are celebrities I might recognize. I saw Orlando Bloom in first class. Hmm. Do you scrutinize? Or do you just take your seat in first class because you fly first class? I try to fly first class. Only because of all the years of, you know, doing shows and being, you know, scrunched up in the in uh, coach, I think. My ass goes, my first class ass goes first class. No. Yeah. But I don't always fly that way. I try to. If it's somebody, if if I'm, you know, doing a, a job or something, I try to get business or first mm-hmm. into the contract. Yeah, that's smart. I um, I have flown first class before. I do not regularly fly first class, but every time I do, I think, oh, it's so much better. It is just so much better. Um. Yeah. And you know, Allison, for my tall, tall frame, I can't be, <laughs> I can't, can't be, be scrunching up my legs and coach. No, it makes, they, I feel like, I feel like that makes perfect sense. Um, for you, first class kind of is coach. Yes. PB&B says, the worst is when you have a knot you can't get out on drawstring, pa- drawstring pants and have to pee really bad. This has only happened to me like once or twice, but it was terrifying. Mm. That fear of like oh my god i'm trapped inside my pants <laughs> uh and i'm going to pee on myself there's a commercial right now i don't know what it's for i think it's for some kind of detergent or something i don't know if you guys have seen it where there's this little kid in the bathroom who's like can't get out of he can't get his belt undone or uh, something mm-hmm. um and then the like they show the mom. It's like you know for life's little accidents or something. Uh, this detergent, but I don't think it's cute or charming. I actually every time I watch it, I'm like, this is just very stressful and traumatic for oh, this little yeah. kid, mm-hmm. especially a little kid who's going through toilet training or who, who is now toilet trained. Yeah, and who can't get his pants off in time. I don't like it. Have you ever been stuck in your pants? Uh, oh, I've had spanks on that I you know take a long time to get out of. Spanks. They're so uncomfortable. I know. All of that is uncomfortable. It's none of my business, but but what are you trying to hold in? Because you seem like a person who does not need spanks. That is sweet of you. Uh, Saddlebags. I don't see them. They're here. Okay. I believe you. I'm going to leave them behind. (laughs) I'm going to cut them off and put them in your kitchen so I don't have to take them back home. Katie Potts says, when cooking a recipe, the prep time always takes me twice as long as the recipe says it will. Yeah. I don't even listen. When it says prep time, 10 minutes, right? I don't even pay attention to the prep time. I also don't cook a ton. What about you, Laura? I don't cook. At all? No. My, um, I hate the word fiance, too. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it either. I would just say my boyfriend. Yeah. So anyway, my boyfriend cooks, so I, and I feel really lucky because I, every, I've, my mom microwaved everything. I microwave everything. I microwave everything. Yeah. My husband and I both microwave everything. 
uh, he didn't have a microwave before me. Jeez. I don't understand. I don't. Well, maybe he did, and his ex girlfriend took it or something. But he went for a long, long time without a microwave. Just take out all the time, or I guess yeah, probably like pizzas and that kind. Of like yeah, picking up stuff. Yeah. Well, also he's a he's a he's a toaster oven guy. Oh, okay. But who has that kind of time? Yeah. I mean, I guess a toaster oven really doesn't take as long, but nothing's as fast as a microwave. And finally, Lee Bruns says, anytime I bring bags home from the store, the dog has to sniff each bag as I set them down, even when it's not groceries. Uh, I would say Wendy is curious about the bags, but especially curious about the groceries. What about your, is it Basil? Mm-hmm. Your memory is incredible. Thank you. Um, well, everything, I just said everything on the counter so he can't reach it. The That's cats smart. sometimes sniff things a little bit, but. So one dog and four cats. Yeah. Is that mayhem? It isn't. I, I, I like to say the last two were an accident. I, <laughs> I never thought I'd have that many animals. Um, but, you know, they're rescues and, you know, you just wind up taking home animals, I guess. What are their names? Uh, I have a black and white cat named Ruthie and um, a, a black cat with a white kind of pendant and her name is Lakeisha. And then I have um, another cat, uh, another black cat named Nigel, and a gray tabby named Murph. Murph. Mm-hmm. That's very cute. Oh, thank you. That was a cute family. Um, Laura Keitlinger, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Um, follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me impersonating myself at Facebook <laughs> and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And um, plug anything you would like to plug or let them know where to find you, all that kind of stuff. I will be um, doing a show on the 30th. Is that too soon? Uh, November 30th? No, that- this no this oh in a couple days. Yes, Sunday. that is too. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is. Okay. But um, your show on the 30th went well, I'm sure. You're so cute. <laughs> uh, can I just, well, I can plug uh, that I'm at King Keitlinger on Twitter. Yes. I'd love to have a few followers. Everyone follow Laura at King Keitlinger. And also, but you're like, if they want to see you do stand up, do you post your show dates on your website? I or do. Is- yes, I have a, a site, um, laurakeitlinger.com. Perfect. Thank, thank you, you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we got to go. Sin Bro